Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now let's listen to Pastor Dave Crocker. Well, uh, we're in the middle of a, well, not even in the middle, we're we're at the early days of a a series we're talking about, the stories that Jesus told. I'm I'm enjoying this series. I I trust that it's been an encouragement and a blessing to you as well. If you're a a Christian, the stories that Jesus tell, the, the things that he said to us, actually really matter. Because we, as Christians, are supposed to follow his example. He is our example, he's our mentor, he is the one that, that, that our templates for life. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, the stories that Jesus tells are important to you as well, because you've got to know what you're up for. You've got to kind of understand a little bit about what this journey is all about. You see, one of the greatest mistakes that the church historically has made is saying to us, come to Jesus and your life will be great. Oh, if you're sad, Jesus will make you happy. If, if you're sick, Jesus will make you whole. If you've got relational problems, oh, Jesus will sort that all out. If you just become a Christian and life will be great, you can join the happy, clappy club and, and everything will be fantastic. Now, pastors don't kind of tend to do it quite as sarcastically as that, but we've dressed this journey up as being something uh, amazing and your life will suddenly make sense and And actually, all of that stuff can be true. But when I read my Bible and and I I listen to some of the words of Jesus, he says things like, take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Now, I don't know about you, but picking up a cross, carrying it, denying myself, doesn't sound like the happy clapping club that a lot of of times it's painted out to be. It, It tells me that there's a cost. It tells me I've got to make some, some pretty hard choices along the way. There's a price to be paid. See, the reason we, we come to Jesus is not that life will get better. It's because we've made mistakes. We've sinned. We've, we've done things wrong. And the result of that is that the relationship between us and God is damaged. But Jesus made the relationship right by dying on the cross and rising again. And when we come to relationship in him and become a follower of Jesus Christ, it deals with the relational aspect between us and God, the the transaction. But God loves us so much, he doesn't want to leave us how he finds us. And the Bible and Jesus' story is all about transformation as well. About changing us, that the old is gone, the new has come, that, that we become more like Christ as we go along. And I've discovered that there's a cost in that, that that carrying the cross and denying yourself, a lot of that is actually about transformation, about looking at my life and going, you know what, some of the ways I used to do things are no longer appropriate for me. Some of the people I used to spend time with, it's no longer appropriate for me to do the things with them I used to do. Those attitudes I had, they've got to change. The, the, the bias that I carried, the, the anger that I had in my heart, the, the, the lack of patience, that stuff gets dealt with in relationship with God. And I've discovered most of my life, most of the time that stuff gets dealt with is actually during trials, during hard times, because the, the real us comes out. We, we, the, you can put on this, this great facade, but 
under stress, what's really in your heart becomes obvious. I'm determined that we are going to be a church that values authenticity. One of the things that that I, I can't stand is Christians wearing masks, pretending to be spiritual, coming in and I'm so holy, I can lift my hands and worship. And we, we can say all the right things and do all the right things. This is going to be a church where it's okay to be you. With your brokenness and your baggage and all your issues, welcome to the club. If you're perfect, then God bless you. Fly around the room and out the door for us. That would be fantastic. This is a church where no perfect people are welcome. The only people not welcome here are people who think they've got it all together. Because the truth is none of us do. I don't. I, I'm, I'm your pastor and I, I, I struggle with stuff and I've, I've got things that I've got to work through and attitudes and, and responses to things and, and stuff that, that God's dealing with in me. It's part of the Christian journey. It, it's part of understanding who Jesus is and, and what, he, what he was about. And today we're going to look at a, a particular parable in the book of Matthew in chapter 3. And if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to that. There won't be anything on the screen today. Um, Matthew chapter 13 and verse 33. It's a really short story. I like short and punchy. But I've discovered that Jesus can use one sentence and mean so much stuff. So here we go this morning. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. So she took yeast and added it to 27 kilograms of of flour. Now, this morning, we are going to have a little bit of a, an, an illustrated... That's not going to work because I've got my microphone. So, um, Janelle, can you tie that round the, the back? Back, is it, does it gonna fit? It's not going to fit? It's got to fit. Oh, oh. Breathe in. Breathe out. Hey. We won't use that word, thank you very much. Can, you can leave. So what the, what the, uh, the, the woman did was she took flour and, and, and she made, um, put yeast in it to make bread. The, the Bible talks a lot about uh, making uh, bread. Bread is a, a really important part of the, uh, the journey of, of people in, in the historical times. They, they made bread daily. Bread was a staple part of their diet. It was something that, that they constantly did, that they, they were making it every single day. In fact, that if, if someone was travelling uh, for the day and they, they wouldn't be home, that they would take the, the bread, I'm not going to have enough flour, take the bread with them. Perfect. And uh, they, they would package it up and, and carry the, the, the bread. And the, the bread was such an incredibly important part of, of their society. And there were, there were two different types of, of bread that they would make. They would make leavened bread or unleavened bread. And the difference is one was edible and the other wasn't. Unleavened bread had no, didn't rise. It was flat bread. It, it was quite, uh, quite crispy, and uh, and they could they could break that off, and they would use that as as, as part of, of their ceremonies. But the average person would be making their their bread out of um, with flour. Um, 
obviously wheat is an important part of that, but a lot of people couldn't afford to buy wheat, so they would use barley, and they, they would grind barley. And barley was uh, of a different kind of thing. And so what they, they, they would do is they, they, would, they would work really hard at, at making the bread. It was, as I said, it was part of their, their everyday uh, existence. It was really important for them. And the, they, they didn't have yeast. Yeast is an incredibly important thing. For us, we can, we can have yeast packaged like this, but they didn't have yeast available to them. So they had to, to do something uh, a little bit different. In fact, what they do is they would use something um, that, that we would term uh, like more like sourdough. I don't know if you've ever made sourdough, but sourdough is uh, an, an incredibly, uh, I, I love it, I think sourdough is fantastic, but the process of making sourdough is a lot different to the process of making bread. You see, when they make sourdough, they would get a little bit of flour and, and some water, and they would, uh, they would put it in, and then they would leave it for a period of time, after eight hours, and then they would go back again and uh, make put some more flour and some more water in it and leave it for another eight hours and then they would continue this process. Sorry, Ralph, you're going to have a whole lot of stuff on there when you get back to play, my friend. And um, they, they, would, they would do that over and over and over and the, the, eventually they're basically creating uh, an act. It's called an activation. And so this, this thing became... Uh, something significant for them. This is actually really hard to think about my sermon and make bread as I'm going, but that's okay. Uh, it, was, it was a common daily task for all of them to do. And I've learned something. I've learned something really important about um, bread, about leaven, the, the rising. And so that's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about yeast, leaven. And he said, the kingdom of God is like leaven. And, and he's not talking about the flour, he's talking about the thing on the inside. And, and I discovered that, that leaven has a history. In order for the bread to rise, there would need to be an active ingredient. There would need to be something that, that was put on the inside of it to help it rise. And leaven was that. I said they start and they, they would feed it. But then I discovered that what they would do is after they'd made the dough, they would split a little bit of it off and put it aside. And that, that dough would then become part of the, the next batch of, of bread that they were going to make. And they would, they would do that after everything. They would cut it off. They would split it. And they would keep it aside. And what I discovered from that is that there's a history. We have a responsibility to the next generation. Right, what I'm going to do is this. I'm get rid of that. <laughs> Uh, water just isn't going to help. I've got it. Oh. I haven't got flour, so rubbing my hands together is not going to help me hugely. Use the tea towel. Oh, there's a tea towel. Look at all the ladies trying to give me advice here. Each of us can pass on something. We stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before. We make room for the next generation. See, leaven has a history. We can't forget our history. You know that the church was responsible for the first hospitals. We put an end to child slavery. We fought for freedom for women in the women's rights movement. We had the first orphanages, the first schools for the blind and deaf. Here's one I prepared earlier. 
that not only does living have a purpose, uh, have a, a history, it has a purpose. The reason that they put leaven into the bread was so that the bread would rise. It wasn't to add flavour or colour to it. It was about helping that, that thing become something different, helping it go from the state it was in to, to a different state. There are, there are bakers that make sourdough that claim they're using the same activator handed from generation to generation to generation. Every time they make a batch, they keep a little bit aside. And that same batch has been continued for generations. They claim that it adds a distinct flavour to their particular thing. Leaven has a purpose. The church has a purpose. Matthew 28, 19 to 20 says, Therefore go, make disciples of all men, baptising them, all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them... To obey these things I've command, I've commands I've given and be sure that I'm with you always to the end of the age. You see, there's that word therefore again. We've got to ask what the therefore is there for. The verse before that says, Jesus speaking, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me, therefore go and make disciples. He's got all the authority. He's got all the power. Everything is in him in that moment. And the thing that he says next is go and make disciples. That's our job. That's our call. That's our purpose. Our, our mission statement as a church, leading people to become fully committed followers of the ways of Jesus. That's about discipleship. It's just another way of, of kind of stating that verse, of saying what, what that verse is about. The next thing I learned was that the, the kingdom of God has may have had small beginnings, but it will increase. See, this is this dough that I have here in my hand is pre-risen. I made this yesterday afternoon, so I can do it. Um, and, and in the process of doing it, I, I made the dough and I, I allowed it to rise and then I, I pounded it and then, and, and then gave it more time. And, and, and it, it, it's more than double the size that it was when I first started started small, but the yeast increases the volume of what is there. In our lives and, and the life of this church, we may not have the, 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 all the money and the resources and the opportunities. We may not have the greatest leaders. I'm not the greatest preacher. We might not have the greatest musicians. But what we do have, the small that we have, God can use to make a big impact. Yeast has an incredible influence on that which it is. And we, this kingdom life, the kingdom is like yeast. When we live the life that we're supposed to live, when we do this, this kingdom journey, we begin to have an influence. Janelle, can you take that over? And Kerry's got a, the oven on. Every time we do something in the community, every time we do something small and, and we use this life that God has given us, we can have a greater impact than we ever imagined. But sometimes it takes time. Yes, doesn't work instantly. And so we sow and, and, and we be a blessing in our community and we feed the homeless and we care for the poor and, and, and we look after people as best we can and we take what God has given us and we use it for his glory and God takes it and expands the influence of it more than we can ever imagine. Fourth thing that I learned is that the kingdom of God exerts its influence from within. See, yeast goes into the batch. 
we, we get so tied up, and especially in, in this nation right now, about laws being changed and our, our rights as Christians being eroded and, and the government changing the definition of that and allowing this and that. And, 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 and we can get really caught up in, in being the strong voice of opposition for what's going on. And, and there is a time to stand up and there is a time to write letters to our MPs and, and there is a time to, to be a voice in our nation for the, for the blessing of our nation. But I understand that the kingdom of God works from the inside. And what that tells me is it's when I go into, to, to, I have a relationship with my next door neighbor or I'm, I'm with the parents of my sports team or any, any connection and relation I have, it's that that changes people's hearts and minds. The law has no power to change a mind. It has no power to change a heart. It just dictates how this country is gonna function. And I would rather us be known as people that, that love God in our community, that demonstrate who he is from the inside of this thing than being a roaring lion standing on the outside going, how dare you change the law? In fact, I get a little bit excited when governments start changing laws and eroding our rights as Christians when it feels like we're being persecuted because I've studied church history. And I understand that in church history, as we look back over the last 2,000 years, that every time the church was persecuted, every time the opposition came against it, every time it was illegal, every time Christians were put to death, rather than shutting this thing down, it exploded. The church goes forward in seasons of adversary. When, when people come against us, when governments change laws, when suddenly the, the freedoms that we've known in the past are no longer there, when it becomes illegal to become, be a Christian, think about our brothers and sisters in China that are, are being imprisoned for ridiculous lengths of time or put to death because they dared to hold a page of the Bible. They dared to meet together. And, and the opposition that there is there, but have a look at the fastest growing Christian region in the world. In the, the time of the, the apostles when they were writing the New Testament, Rome was so anti-Christian it was ridiculous. It's worse than anything we could see today. And it'd be like being a handful of five or six Christians in a full Muslim nation where everybody hates you, everybody's against you, everybody wants your destruction. It could be something similar to that. That, that Nero, the, the, the emperor, Caesar at the time, burnt half of his city down, blamed it on the Christians, and then said about killing them to justify his actions. The, the, I've read here before that the crucifixions and the beheading and all that that the disciples went through, they tried to shut this thing down. But it started small. It worked from the inside. Over time, hearts and minds change. And, and we, can, we can think about the the influence that, that we may or may not have and what, what life's going to look like, but I'm actually a little bit excited because we have an opportunity to love people in our community, love people in the city and God willing other cities and nations of this world to work on the inside to change hearts and minds. Next thing I learn is that the kingdom of God will be comprehensive. Just as yeast works through the dough, until it has completely risen. The ultimate outcome of God's kingdom here on earth is that it's everywhere. There's a great verse in, in Habakkuk 2.14, I'll read it for you. For the earth 
will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as water covers the sea. The, the kingdom of God will be so encompassing that it's like the oceans. It's everywhere. It's, it's completely all-encompassing. And, and the Bible says, Revelation, that the day will come where every knee will bow and every tongue confess. See, that's the thing about yeast. It affects everything it touches. We're supposed to live lives that are infectious. We're supposed to, to live lives that, that give away what we have, that, that, that change the climate that we're working in, that whether it's at school or at home or, or out in one of our community programs or at the sports field, that our very lives are influencing those around us. We had a, an, a really um, bad situation happen at my son's soccer match last Sunday and, and, and there was uh, we, we were beating a team that hadn't lost all year and the parents on the sideline weren't coping particularly well with, with us beating their team and, and, and unfortunately one of our boys made a bad tackle they're eight year olds by the way so there aren't bad bad tackles and knocked this kid over uh, right in front of, of their coach and, and all the parents got all fired up and, and, and the coach started yelling at the referee and I've got, I walked straight on the field and dragged our kids aside and, 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 and started telling him in no uncertain terms how inappropriate it's for him to be yelling when eight-year-old kids are there. He said, he's, and and he's, I said, you, you can't be yelling at the referee like that. And he says, I can do what I like, it's my son. And, and there was this, it was just heated. And the, the manager came and got in my face and I could see he was, he was you know, like shaking. He was fists were clenched. He was ready to go. And, and I'll, I don't know about you, I wouldn't pick a fight with me. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I've, I, I wouldn't get in my face. He's a bit shorter than me and, and I'm just staring at him. And I had my dark glasses on, so I was looking particularly menacing at the time. And, and I said, walk away. And he kept going, I said, walk away now. And he took a couple of steps and then came back and had another uh, walk away. So he eventually walked away, smart man. And, and, look, and I stood up and I said to all the parents that were there, I said, look, if I've overstepped the line, I'm really sorry. I apologise. But these are eight-year-old kids and this is not appropriate behaviour for parents on the sideline. Can we let the kids get on with the game? As I'm doing it, I'm seeing a wall of the dads from my team walking. Like they, were, they were ready to go. They're like, Dave's in trouble. We've got his back here. And... And then afterwards, the parents came to me and, and spoke and said, do we want to make a complaint? And I'm like, well, actually, the, the parent yelling at a 13-year-old kid is a child protection issue, and that's the way the referees see abuse, the, the officials see abusive referees. It, it's, a, it's a big deal, and he'll be banned for... And I went and shook hands afterwards and, and kind of tried to smooth things over. The parents came to me and said, Dave, you handled that so well. We wouldn't have done it like that. I just stopped and thought, imagine... The, the old me, the angry me, the 20-year-old the, the busting for a fight, the, the outcome of that on the sideline would have been horrendous. It would have been all over the news. It would have been fantastic news. <laughs> Pastor punches parent. I can see the headlines now. Penrith Church of Christ involved in a brawl. <laughs> We're supposed to do it different. Kingdom of God is yeast. You can't even see it. Once it's mixed into the dough, the flour, you can't see it. You, you, if you forget to put it in, you can't look and go, oh, it's there or not. That yeast infects everything it touches. That's the kind of life Jesus is encouraging us to live. We're supposed to do it different. 
we're supposed to cause things to rise around us. We're supposed to show the world that there's a different way. We're supposed to live the life that Jesus has shown us. The band can come and join me. I'm pretty much done. Final thought this morning is, although the kingdom of God works invisibly, it's evident to us all. You can, you can tell whether there's yeast in the dough. Does it rise or does it not rise? It's real simple. Have you made flatbread or have you made edible bread? So that's why they added the, the leaven so that it would be light and soft and, and fluffy and, and, and palatable. It might be invisible, but it's evident to all. When God starts working on the inside, no one can see. None of us can see what God's doing in your life on the inside. But the time will come when we can see it on the outside. It's a perfect picture for me of the Christian life. We we walk in to, to church one way, and we spend enough time here, and this kingdom life begins to rub off, and... This, this Jesus fella starts to make sense and the Holy Spirit starts to, to work inside us and suddenly we realise that we didn't throw the punch, we, we de-escalated the situation. We didn't respond with the lack of patience that we used to. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. When God is working on the inside, those things become evident in time on the outside. Church, I don't ever want us to judge someone by how things look on the outside. I'm not talking about how beautiful you are or how fat you look if you don't suck in. I'm, I'm talking about behaviour. Talking about people that come in that don't look quite like us, don't sound like us and it's uncomfortable and that's not how we do church here. Never judge someone by what we see on the outside because God says he looks at the heart of a man. And, and you can look like you've got it all good on the outside but be dead on the inside and someone can look like they're all messed up on the outside but actually be alive with the life of Christ. And that's the power of yeast, that it changes things from the inside out. So if you're here and you're a Christian today, if you're a follower of the ways of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you, Live a life that reflects who he is. Let love be the language that emanates from your mouth. Let grace be the thing that you're known for. That it doesn't matter what has been said and done around you, I'm going to respond as Christ would respond. And, and, and if you see yourself not responding in certain ways under stress or pressure, if, if your reaction is to explode or to, to use language that you wouldn't use in church with a mouth you wouldn't kiss your mother with, that, that you'd wash it out with mustard and soap, if, if you find yourself doing things that, that you're embarrassed about, then stop and say, God, help me. God, get, get that yeast in that area of my life that there may be change. So the kingdom of God is inside out. It's small but powerful. It influences everything it touches and it causes things to rise. God, we choose today to praise your name. We choose today to worship you. We thank you for the example of Jesus Christ that we can follow. God, that you've called us to live lives 
of influence. God, we love you in this place. God, we invite you right now. And I encourage you wherever you are, if this is your prayer to engage with God in some way, whether you you lift your arms to him or you just say, God, I, I agree this morning and say, God, work on me. God, I give you my heart. Holy Spirit, I invite you to show me areas that need changing, that need that transforming work of you. God, I know for me personally, there's areas I I need help with, things that I still struggle with. God, I invite you to be part of that. I want you to give, I want to give you my whole life. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org.